going on, everyone? This is the episode 11 of the Attack for Zero podcast. As always, I'm Carter Noble, joined, joined today by our wonderful co-host, Carl Wilkin. Carl, what's the good word, man? Um, well, regionals was last weekend. Uh, yeah, yes, completely. it was. It was a lot of fun. I got to see a lot of friends that I didn't normally get to see. Um, I didn't do too hot at regionals, but there's a lot of archetypes that did really well. Um, let's see if I can find some of these. Especially ours. I need to find ours. There's ours. So, Columbia's regionals was 246 people. Nine rounds. Man, that's real, a lot. It was a real long day. Um, we did... They We left at about 7 o'clock at the end of Swiss. And they had top eight still to go at 7 o'clock. So... They were there for a while. Um, the top eight was somewhat diverse for Columbia. There was, um, I don't think there was a repeated archetype once in the top eight. Um, so there's two Tron decks uh, looking at the list now. Uh, one is Mono Green, the other is Golgari, which just has a small, small black splash in the board for Fatal Push, uh, Ravenous Trap, and Collective Brutality. But like you can you can play trap without being a black deck, so I'm not I'm not counting that as splashing. Uh, you could also say there's two Mox Opal Ravager decks in the form of Affinity and Hardened Scales in the top eight. So there's a couple there's a little bit of repeats, but nothing like stock card for card the same deck both times. I was I was gonna say Affinity and Hardened Scales are two vastly different archetypes. So I I understand putting them as the Ravager Moxable deck together, but they are very, very different. Um, but congrats to Jesse Pick, the winner of our Columbia Regionals on Affinity. Um, a deck that I didn't think was going to do too hot. I honestly wasn't expecting to see a lot of Affinity anywhere. Uh, I personally didn't see Affinity at all, but I had heard that there was, affinity, there was a couple of Affinity players running around the top tails, so... Uh, Congrats to him. Um, going through the last of these names, not a whole lot of them that I recognize as our normal uh, you recognize, crowd. You know Tony, right? Yeah, I, I know Tony, and I know Purcell. I recognize his last name. I think I've played with him once or twice before. Beyond uh, Tony and uh, Purcell, I don't really know a whole lot of names on this list. But um, going through the top eight, Affinity in the hands of Jesse Pick was first. Uh, the Mono Green Tron was the, the runner-up in the hands of Michael Villapando. Um, third was Humans in the hands of Purcell. Fourth was Azorius Control in the hands of uh, Anthony Johnson, a.k.a. Tony. Um, fourth, uh, fifth was this living Mono Blue Living End As Foretold. Which um, I think I recognize this name now that I look at it more. I think he's been playing this deck since As Foretold's been a thing. Um, sixth uh, was I think my first round opponent. He made top eight. Uh, seventh is Green Black Tron uh, in the hands of Dustin Adams, uh, and then eighth place is Hardened Scales in the hands of Brendan Keithline. Um. Going through the rest of the regionals, looks like there's just a lot of just like 
diversity in the format right now. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot going on right now. Um, so I'm I have um, several several of them pulled up. Um, I have Dallas pulled up here. Um, uh, two is it Phoenix in second third. Tron ended up winning. Uh, fourth place we had Tom Ross playing Golgari. Um, which if you remember, uh, arguing like with everyone last week, I tried to convince people to play Golgari. I was I yeah. was pretty high on Golgari last weekend. Um, fifth we had humans. Uh, sixth we have Mono White Martyr, which like just shows you can basically play anything in modern and it'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. And then oh, hold on, what is they are playing hex parasite in their sideboard. Heck yeah, they are. Okay, I don't I'll, know what you're bringing that in against. I don't know why, but they. I'm are. assuming hardened scales. Yeah, you bring it against hardened scales. <laughs> um. Then they have ad nauseum and burn as well. So pretty pretty diverse there as well. Um. Just going through a lot of the list. There's a lot of phoenix. Um, I did not see a lot of dredge in the list I've looked at so far. Uh, I think there was three dredge total in all the top eights of regionals. Like I said, it was not dredge's weekend. People were going to be ready for it, and people were going to have all their hate for it. Granted, dredge did win in Columbus in the hands of Allison Coleman. but um, I, I have, um, I believe this is Baltimore's I have pulled up as well. Yeah, yep, it's Baltimore's. Um, it has Mono Green Tron winning, Amulet Titan in second, Dredge in third and fourth, Phoenix, uh, Phoenix at fifth and seven, Adnaz at six, and then this sweet Grixis Delver deck. Um, unfortunately, I think this guy is just playing the wrong format. I don't think this deck's very good. There is a consistent lack of rise fall. Excuse me, I had to go look a card up. <sighs> Rise Fall is great in these Grixis Delver control shells that want to be playing these cards. Rise Fall is fantastic. It's him to Torok. <laughs> huh. Yeah. I like that card. I do, too. <laughs> uh, but I feel like if you're playing these Grixis decks, you want to be playing at least some number of Rise Fall. It's just a good spell to have. It's just a right good now. utility uh, good utility spell. So, um, Looking through the rest of these, there's um, Dylan Donegan won the Durham Regionals. With I, I actually just had that, uh, that, that list pulled up. Um, uh, this... That tournament had three Phoenix in the top eight. Yep. Um, also had a Were Prison in top four, yeah, which I, mean, I know is a list me and you have talked about quite a bit the last couple of days, yeah. uh, trying to convince you to play it. <laughs> we'll, get mean, to my short, looks, we'll get to my short list here in a little bit for Cincinnati. This, this list looks pretty stock. That's the one I was giving, like picking cards from that I said I needed. <laughs> oh, so this, is, this 75. Is okay. Yep. Okay. His is the one I liked the most for, out of what I saw. I agree. Um, Chicago's regionals 
uh, Jeskai? Is it Control? Is it Aggro? This says Jeskai. Uh, mine says Jeskai Control. I just see. Oh, I'm, I'm looking through Goldfishes because they all just pop up. Oh, on the see, side I'm, of the I'm on Star City. I don't know if you'd call this Control. I'd call it kind of tempo y because he's playing Spell Queller and Geist to St. Traft. I mean, you gotta win the game somehow. I like this way more than I like the blue-white control decks that, you know, rely on Jason Teferi to win. This is literally called Jeskai because it's playing Lightning Bolt and Lightning Helix in the main. Yep. That's all the red splash you need. He's got three red cards at the sideboard. One Wear Tear, one Anger of the Gods, one Is the Staticaster. Nice and simple, man. Just stretch your mana base just enough where you're not punished for, for doing so, and then just play the good cards in that third color. Lightning Bolt, Lightning Helix give you additional removal for the aggro decks of the format. And then post-word you get Wear Tear for, you know, extra utility there. Staticaster for uh, smaller creatures. And then you get Anger of the Gods for all the creature decks. I, I actually really like how clean, how clean and, uh, I, I guess the the correct word is, like, controlled the, the player is. Just like how well balanced this deck is, and at what it's trying to do, you know, like it, it realizes that it's you know it basically like you said a tempo deck that wants to be able to snapcaster spell queller do all these flash things, and also plays Geist and Celestial Colonnade to be able to close the game very quickly. I think that's the biggest problem with the control decks in modern is they just have a lack of closing speed. So I I really like this approach of being able to eventually either burn your opponent out or just beat them to death with your 4-4. Surprising lack of burn in all the top 8s too. There's one I burn think I've deck, seen one, yeah. Which is surprising. I feel like burn is super well positioned right now. I guess the decks that just... Phoenix and Dredge just have such a good matchup against burn right now. It's kind of just... Maybe maybe there's if the percentage is just enough to where it just ruins Burns' matchup for like in the top tables. Um, maybe I I definitely think Burn is one of the probably one of the top five decks right now in the meta. If you want my honest opinion, um, you definitely have Dredge and Phoenix at one and two. It depends oh, yeah. on week to week who who you're gonna pick, and then any combination of like. Tron, Burn, and probably Humans? Or, I, I think, like, that last spot goes to just another aggro deck in, like, either Humans or Hardened Scales. Um, you could probably sneak in a win every now and then with, like, regular Affinity, like we saw in Columbia. But, I, it's fine, man. You can do anything. Like, <laughs> as we've seen, we have Mono White Martyr in, in the top eight this weekend, man. So you can you can do anything. Uh, Monolite Martyr won Orlando's regionals. Oh, I hadn't got that far. Yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of doing anything, Tom Medevec at the Columbus regionals, sixth place, is the uh, Kiki as foretold. I was just deck. getting ready to talk to about this deck. So I I love anything graveyard based and just janky as hell and this just spits every bill ever so i love this. um this deck i believe can kill you turn two uh-huh it can if we 
Faithless Looting, Discard, Kiki, Deceiver, Exarch, and then turn to Electro Dominance. Living End. Living End, combo kill you. And like, that, that's like not extraneous on your mana base. You have two red spells. Um, it could also just do the, uh, Gristle Brand thing set up for combo kill on turn three. This deck seems where really it goes. sweet. It'll go pitch a Gristle Brand to the graveyard, vengeance it back, draw a bunch of cards, pitch Kiki Jiki and Deceiver X arc, hold up Electro Dominance in the living and next turn, or Asphotold Or even, yeah, even Asphotold into it. And you just win from there. Uh, I I love this list. I love them. I I love any kind of janky graveyard decks. Those are just great. Um, one of the big breakout decks that we kind of just wrote off. I guess uh, I saw a lot of Eldrazi and taxes and death and taxes in general th- this weekend at Columbia. Um, I think I think I saw about seven or eight different people playing it, and I didn't like. And that's just from what I had heard and what I had seen in the bottom half of the bracket down there. Um, I know there was an Eldrazi taxes list in 8th place at Durham, where uh, Dylan Donegan won. Um, but going through the lists, there's there's just a lot of just, like, a lot of just fun stuff. Not a whole lot of... Uh, like I said, not a whole lot of dredge. Just, there's a bunch of is it Phoenix, though. There's so much Phoenix. Yep, like I said, I think I think Phoenix is the deck to beat right now. I think Dredge is slightly behind that. Um, yep. I also think like Amulet Titan's really well positioned right now. Yeah. Um, if I if I was to play Modern this weekend, um, I think I'd be on either Amulet Titan or uh, the Word Prison deck. If you want me to be honest. If you need to pick up a deck today, for for Philadelphia. Uh... 100% just pick up War. The deck isn't super hard to pl- figure out. It's fairly straightforward. You know what your lock pieces are. You know what you're trying to do with the deck. You know how to assemble your combo. Um, other than that, uh, if you got Is It Phoenix, I'm guessing the right thing to do is to play Is It Phoenix right now. Uh, yeah. Like, it, it's definitely the deck to beat. The fact that it gets to play main deck Surgical and it gets to do all this just busted stuff and can have these busted hands that flip three phoenixes into play on turn two or three. It's just kind of gross. Manamorphos is not a fair card, man. Heck, some of the hands don't even need a Manamorphos. True. You can go looting into looting into Candrip after you've pitched a couple phoenixes and you, you're there. It's just, these hands are just gross. Yeah, um, I, I definitely... I know we talked about this when KCI was banned. You were really concerned about the the state of modern and what what a uh, Phoenix would mean for it, like what it would mean for Phoenix, and it just goes to show that like you know you know what you're talking about for sure. Yeah, like I I, I knew Phoenix was going to be a problem. If they if they took out KCI, Dredge and Phoenix both lost its worst matchup in the format, and both these decks were going to get real popular real quick. Um, that being said, Phoenix does have its own weaknesses. It does lose to itself when you're you're a deck full of cantrips. A lot of the times, you can just 
draw all cantrips off your cantrips and you don't really get to go anywhere. You kind of spin your wheels a little bit. And that opens the door for things like Amulet Titan and Death Shadow to kind of just like, oops, gotcha. Now oops, you're dead. I win. Um, but yeah. Speaking of just oops, I win. Uh, Fairy Podmother was not the uh, was not the hit that I wanted it to be. Okay, kinda... what what did we learn from the weekend? So fetching is hard when you're a four color deck. Uh, making sure you have the right lands at the right times to ensure that you don't just kill yourself to fetching a lot of the time is hard. Playing four basics helped a lot. There was a lot really? of points where I had to fetch a fourth, like I needed to fetch a basic, and I had already, like, I'd had accidentally drawn a couple of them. But having four of them was great. So it's just like, I had fetched both my forests, and I needed to grab an island or a plains just so I didn't kill myself that turn. And it's like, oh, I have this plains in my deck still, and I have this island in my deck still, and it was kind of just kind of worked out there. Um, but yeah, fetching in that deck is really hard green like you picked green white and then your hand becomes all blue cards and you're just like sitting there looking at your hand just like well i should have fetched a breeding pool <laughs> yeah but at the, at the same time you are a base green white deck yeah. so i understand where you're coming from with that um my round one opponent was storm realized that i realized that i'm super duper slow compared to storm and i probably should just should have just been playing storm or something faster <laughs> I got turned threed game one, and then I got turned forward through two hate pieces in game two. And I'm just like, well, he definitely wanted it more than me. <laughs> um, round two, I played against a Taxus player. Uh, I think his name was Gavin, if I remember correctly. He was awesome. He's a great. He's a blast to play with and talk to. That game went. That went to three games. Game one. He kind of just taxed me out of the game. I couldn't really do a whole lot. Game two, I got to go combo kill you on turn three because you just played a flicker wisp and that's all you did. And then uh, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's not how you win the game, unfortunately. And then game three, I think we we it, game three drug out for about twenty minutes and we stacked up. I think I think there was one point we had seven to eight triggers on the stack in an upkeep. Because he would, he uh, but okay. So, he re, so it would go. Here is activate vial, flicker wisp, flicker wisp enters. Target this, okay. Target target my my mana dwarf, okay. Here is my restoration angel to target my bird, to just have a blocker on the board. And it's like, okay, here's aether vial number two. Here's a, here's this to flicker your restoration angel. And it's just like, okay, here is um. Here is Reflector Mage targeting your your attacker this turn. And it's just like this giant stack of triggers we had to go through and resolve. <laughs> and it was fantastic. Um, that sounds great. Round three was Tron. Uh, just It was just green version. Um, I'm not sure what he thought I was. Game two, he brought in Elixir of Immortality, which I didn't know why he had that in his deck to begin with. And as we were, like, sideboarding after the match, I saw he had a cage, but he didn't bring it in. I just kind of just pointed out, it's like, hey, next time, if you find me, if find something like what I'm playing against, this cage is really good against me. <laughs> yeah, like, cage seems real decent, man. Um, like, 
that was my first win of the day was against uh, was against Tron. Um, round four, I played. What I played against Burn. That one went to three games, and I feel like I misplayed. But if I had went, if I had gotten, I saw the choice was go and get Shalai to protect myself against Double Bolt, or go and get Pod Mom to combo kill him next turn through Double Bolt through the through Double Bolt, and be at seven. Well, I got I went and got Pod Mom, and he searing blazed a bird. I'm like, okay, I'm at six. He has to rip Bolt, or he has to rip Bolt to kill me because I know he has a skewer in hand. He ends up ripping Bolt and Skewer, and I'm dead. I'm just like, well, that happens. Can't win them all like that. Um, moved on to round five. Round five, I got to play against... Um, he was an old friend of mine, Richard. I met him at last regionals playing him. He plays a sweet Mardu Burn deck. He was on the Black Splash and Burn before most other people were, before the Spectacle stuff. And now his deck is just fire. It just kills you so quick. Oh, I'm I'm sure. Because he just gets to go, haha, spectacle, spectacle, spectacle after a bump in the night, and I'm just like, I'm dead on three most both those games. I'm just I'm just dead. I'm just like, I can't do nothing against that. Like his his deck is just a much more consistent, faster burn deck. Because he is just all one mana spells and lightning helix and whatnot. Um. Round six, I start to make a comeback. I start to turn it on and go the other way. I get paired against um, Merfolk. That game goes really long, almost goes to time. I end up losing really, really late in the game th in the game three uh, on the back of a deprive. Otherwise, I he couldn't like he didn't have me dead in combat. I needed this to resolve to win the game. And if it didn't resolve, then I'm sitting here just looking at a Scrib Ranger. I'm just, I'm just dead. So, ends up he has the deprive counters Pod Mom. I'm sitting here just looking. I'm just like, well, uh, it's about time. I don't want to go into extra turns. I'm kind of, I know you're hungry, and I know I'm hungry. So I just pick him up, go to one and five. Um, round seven, I get another win against. Um, think it was what was it what if oh so round seven i get paired against this sweet ally tribal deck um okay so the whole game plan is he has um paradox engine and a couple of dudes that draw cards oh. equal to the number of allies it makes mana equal to the number of allies so every time you okay. cast a spell you get to tap both of them draw x cards make x mana cast another dude untap both of them tap them again and you get to turn out through your whole deck and then you play the one that gives them all haste and you just smash uh, them and then just combo kill them yeah. um <laughs> that's sweet but he had zero interaction for me, except in game two, he had the black four drop that lets you, you reveal, your opponent reveals X cards equal to the number of allies you control. You choose one of them, they discard, they discard it. So it's just like, here's the four drop. It's like, reveal my hand. He revealed these two windswept teeth. He takes the windswept teeth. Here's the, and then next turn, I just play pod bomb go. Next turn, here's another one. I'm just like, okay, here's one of these two, three cards. Take your pick. 
He picks that. He picks one of them, sends it to the graveyard. Like none of this matters. He has to kill Podbomb this turn, otherwise he's dead. And he just sticks a phantasmal image and copies the ally. And I'm just like, okay, you got the rest of my hand. My turn. But it doesn't really do anything. <laughs> Comp proceed to combo off. Um, he didn't like that deck at all. I noticed the longer the games went, the more salty my opponents got about my combo kill deck. <laughs> I don't understand why, though. Like, it's modern. Like, like you play, you can't isn't that what you, you signed up for? Stuff, right? But um, round eight, I got to beat Green and Black Rock in two games, which that felt fantastic. Let me tell I you feel what. like that's not the norm. No, that matchup is super hard, and I played that round spectacularly. Um, it didn't help that he didn't know what Voice of Resurgence was. <laughs> uh, how do you... He didn't... I mean, I guess... He, he even spent two minutes sitting there reading the card. He, he All he had to do was ask... Like, if you wanted to ask a judge to explain it to him, he could have asked me to explain it to him. I would have gladly told him what it did. But he went, I went turn two voice, and he went turn three Liliana of the Veil, make you sacrifice a creature. And I'm just like, like make a deal. trigger, make a token. And he's like, what? I'm like, what? Yeah, <laughs> make a one one. And he's like, whatever. I'm just like, okay, bud, attack Liliana down. Play this, play this three drop. Past the turn. He sits there and dirtles for a minute, plays a Kalidus, and makes a bunch of zombies and kills my birds. I'm just like, okay, here is Reflector Mage, bounce, bounce Kalidus. Here is Scavenging Goose, start eating stuff out of your graveyard. We go, I get him in that one, and we go on to game two. Game two, I can tell he's super just tilted. Um, I end up getting to go, I end up seeing three paths that game. I path every threat he plays. I'm able to I'm able to reflector mage and path and just kill everything he plays and about halfway through he starts to stabilize he sticks a Kalidas he's got a couple zombies I have a scavenging ooze it's like a four four right there I have like five green open mana up and there's like four creature cards in my graveyard I put the scavenge like he swings in with Kalidas because he otherwise he's dead to my restoration angel on the next turn so he needs to gain life. I stick scavenging goose in front of it. He's got six open mana so he has to sacrifice both the zombies to keep his try to keep his Kalidas alive and even through that it's not enough to keep it through scavenging goose block. So he just picks him up and I I think he drops and goes home after that one which I feel like if. If you're playing that deck, you should have expected to play against more, like against that kind of matchup against the creature decks that it's going to be a little bit harder to play against. Um, yeah, I, I definitely think that's one of their better matchups, and I don't know. I'm not sure. It is what it is, I guess. It was round eight. It was been a super long day. He's probably just wanting to go home. Understandable. Which I understand. Um, round nine. I got my revenge against Storm. Um, he had no idea what I was playing until the turn he died in round one, in game one. He had no <laughs> idea what I was doing. I was just holding everything close to the vest. I wasn't playing combo pieces. I ended up drawing into Restoration Kiki Jiki, and I literally went Restoration Angel Kiki Jiki kill you. <laughs> and then, he, like, and then the light clicked. And the light clicked on. I was like, oh, I know what I'm against now. Uh, game two, he proceeds to combo kill me pretty quickly. Um, game three is this long, drawn out slugfest of here's my hate piece. Do you have an answer? 
like here's a hate piece do you have an answer and he's like no i was like okay then stick pod mom on turn three and it's like do you have an answer for this and apparently he did not i got the combo kill storm on four it was fantastic that sounds like a grand old time yeah game game one of that round took 25 minutes because he had no idea what i was he didn't want to play into it. He tried to combo off once, and it didn't work. He he fizzled about halfway through, because I had gained I had gained up to like twenty eight, like I was at twenty eight twenty nine life, and he couldn't get enough storm count to kill me there. So he wiped my board and uh, put like two points of damage on me, and then he tried to go again next turn after that, and he couldn't get to it. And then that was when and I so ripped. ultimately. Bing, bang, boom, here we are. Yeah, and here we are now, getting, uh, what is it, Wednesday? Today's Wednesday, we're recording this. Today is Wednesday, so the day of recording. I've got a couple of days to look, look back on what I played and how it went, and I'm not mad at the deck. It's still on my short list of decks to play at Cincinnati. I'm just, I'm not super enthused going into Cincinnati with all the Phoenix decks and all the Dredge decks and everything right now. I think I think you would definitely want to figure out how... Your Phoenix matchup plays. Yeah, I saw zero um, which Phoenix. I know, which, which I know you said you have not got to play against, you have not tested against, nothing yeah, yet. Yeah, exactly. I didn't, get to, I didn't see it on paper. My matchup looks fine, but like I haven't played it. I didn't get to look at it. I didn't even get to see the Phoenix deck like anywhere on any table next to me, which was weird. <laughs> um, I did know of a couple people who played Dredge at Columbia uh ryan canfield was one of them and they didn't do the greatest they finished just about middle of the pack at about 50th um dredge dredge didn't do so hot um i'm surprised we didn't have more phoenixes in columbia either like i'm guessing maybe no one brought phoenix here yeah i mean looking at it i don't know man it's it's definitely a strange one because you would think Phoenix is the best performing deck in the meta. Why would you not want to play something like well, that? Well, Columbia's meta tends to be more green black fair decks usually. Usually, the mm -hmm. people that play that that play like that grind in Columbia are on Burn or on Storm or Dred. Like, there's Dredge players in Columbia, and that's not as many as there are in like St. Louis and all that area. But um, they're they're more fair decks, which. Maybe they didn't. It's maybe they're on the mindset of play what you know instead of picking instead of picking up the best deck. Yeah, I, which very well could be. Um, but that was my regionals experience. Uh, like four and five, like I was pleased with what I did with how I did. I wasn't like I was was it's better than going like zero oh and nine all the way through. Um, I feel like four and five is where you where this deck is at. And like I said, about halfway through the round, I just turned on the gas and everything started like going great. Almost every round I played went to three matches. I almost went to time almost every game. I was just like a couple minutes off. So the deck definitely has a lot of play to it. The deck is really good at what it wants to like when it does what it does. Um, a lot of my losses were on me more than on the deck not doing its thing. That being said, Cincinnati's coming up. Yes, it is. What do you think? Uh, Where are you at, man? Where are you at in life? I registered. 
It's true. I have also registered. That's about all I've done. <laughs> um, I don't think Kyle has. I need to. I need to get on him today and make sure he does that. Uh, but yeah, I, we're registered. You and I are registered for it. Um, uh, beyond that, I am not ready for anything. I need to figure out what deck I'm playing still. My short list is Dredge, Fairy Pod Mom, and the Thopter Prison. We're a prison deck, and. I'm kind of leaning towards Dredge just because I get to go show off all my shiny cards that I've collected. Um, but we'll see where I where I'm at here at the end of the week. Probably I'll probably make a hard choice here by the next podcast episode recording. I I think that's that's my goal right now too is have everything locked into place for for next week so we can talk over everything. What's your short list look like for Legacy? Um. Grixis Control, Grixis Delver, uh, Death and Taxes, some blue white pile. I don't know, man. I could, I can play literally anything, and it'd be okay in my opinion. Okay, it's just a matter of getting, you know, one making sure you all are okay with it, and two, you know, making sure that I'm ready for it. Yeah. Um, if I had to pick a legacy deck, you know me, it'd be like Turbo Depths or like the Phoenix deck. I I like the busted things in legacy. Um, and see, I I like doing fair things. That's why I've built Death and Taxes multiple times. The the problem with the fair things in legacy right now is the uh, the the busted things do really really good. <laughs> the busted things are really good, but uh, the big thing is how good of a uh, Delver matchup do they have? Like, Delver is the um, the fun police in Legacy, so keeping them, keeping everything else in check is a big thing. Which is why why I really like playing Grixis Delver, because, you know, even, even after the banning of Deathrite Shaman, it's still good. Yeah. Like, it's not, you know, four-color Delver doing its thing every game, but, like, you still get to play Magic every game. And you still get to um, <clears throat> make sure your opponents don't get to just run away with the game. Um, like, I know I was looking at... Uh, I was talking to Austin Collins today, actually, um, about his Blue-Red Delver deck. And I might put it together. It's not something I have a ton of experience with, like that specific deck. But it's nothing I couldn't figure out in a week. Yeah. Um, just because, uh, you know, uh, I talked to you about it, and and I was just curious of how how it would play against uh, Turbo Depths. He's like, yeah, you just have to rely on Wasteland and and your Vapor Snag to k- take care of a, a Merit Liege and hope that's good enough. Sometimes it is, and sometimes they're able to race you. Yep. Um, what do you lose going from instead of playing is it instead of Grixis? Do you lose anything like crazy insane? Because I always felt like Grixis Delver was mainly just blue red. Here's this black splash for Gurmag Angler. That's that's the big thing is Gurmag Angler. But now that you have access to Terramander, I don't know if it's actually worth splashing anymore. Yeah, because now you can play basics. You can play more basics where you're not being, like, super-duper punished. Yeah, you you don't get punished for, uh, you know, being greedy and 
you don't get you don't you don't get legacied out of the game. Yeah. Uh, by not having uh lands, like you don't just dot auto lose the wasteland. Did you play Blood Moon in the Is It Delver deck and get away with it? And Is It Delver, yeah. Um, Austin actually actually plays, I believe, two copies in his board, and he said he would run it back the exact same. Sweet. Um, so yeah, you can. Sweet. Okay. Well, there's there's it's 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 something I had to had to figure out between now and next week is what do you want to do in Legacy? Because at this point, it's everything is my answer. <laughs> I I just want to play Legacy. How do you feel about Mono Red Prison? I don't think that deck's very good. Really? I never really have. That's interesting. Like, I've I've played the Chalice of the Void uh prison decks before. And I think I think they're fine. But like I I think the the mono red one got a lot better now that it has access to Legion War Boss alongside uh Goblin Rabble Master. Yeah, that's why I was just like I feel like this deck's actually like decent now because it has just like eight copies of here, make a dude every combat and smash my opponent. Yeah, it, it actually has actual closing power. I don't know if I like Legion War Boss more than Hazaret, though. Um, it might just be me, but I really, really like Hazaret. Yeah, Hazaret's good. Um, and Torture Defiance is really good, too. Yeah. But they're maxed out on Torture Defiance, so. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what other legacy decks are there that are fun to play? How good are you on See, Storm? There's... Oh, I could I could play Storm right now if I want, I needed to. Uh, you could play Ant right now if you wanted to. Oh yeah, um, I actually I played Ant was actually my first Legacy I deck I ever finished, um, and I I could play it all day every day basically. Once once you know Storm math, it's stuck with you forever. <laughs> um. It's interesting just going through, like, the Legacies metagame and just, like, seeing how decks, just, like, how the format, just, like, this is the best deck for this tournament, but this tournament has a completely different best deck, and then this tournament has a completely different best deck. Or, like, going through the Legacy challenges where cost isn't a problem and people can play what they want most of the time. It's just interesting just looking at some of the stuff. Like, there's... Oh, yeah, you can, uh, especially on, on Moto, you can play... Anything. Rakdos Reanimator um, seems sweet. My my buddy David, uh, who I'm gonna be borrowing stuff for for Cincy for, for um that's his his go to legacy deck is uh Blackguard Reanimator. This is sweet. I think that deck's really really sweet. I like it. It it's does everything that I want to do in like in like in legacy and modern is just put big dudes in the play for pretty much almost free. And it's not it's not you know. Um, you, you don't get punished for, uh, for, like, so the, the mono, the, the blue-black version that used to be the most popular version, you're, you're faster than it, even though you, it, you lose interaction, but you gain speed and consistency. Yeah. Uh, is the big way to look at it. And as a result, I think the black-red version is way better because you're not going to just, you know, it, you you can have trouble of not finding all your pieces because you don't have access to brainstorm ponder preordain, mm -hmm. but faithless looting uh, faithless looting is a hell of a drug, man. Yeah, 
I was looking through this list that seven owed the legacy challenge over the weekend, and it's like it's got a main deck Ashen Rider, which is sweet because you do you play you play Ashen Rider for in here for the same reason you play Ashen Rider in Manalus. It just deals with problem problem permanence a lot of the time. Um, and this deck is actually super duper cheap. <laughs> like, yeah, you don't have to play a whole minus lot. minus Badlands. It's really cheap, um, and even even now, Badlands are not not what they used to yeah, be. Yeah, I'm sitting here looking as like, and if you if you are on a budget, you can just play the Shocklands. Most of the time, it's most of the time doing Gristlebrand math and Legacy Shockland. A Shock isn't going to be like super duper terrible. Sometimes it means the difference between being able to win and being able to and not win, but um, a shock in this deck in Legacy doesn't seem like it'd be all that punishing. Yeah, it's it's pretty free. What else is there? There's I'm just I'm just going through Legacy, just like the Legacy metagame, like right now, just like looking through decks and. So you have all the Turbo Depths decks. Yeah, I, I know those like the back of my hand. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, that's that's what you've decided to start building, correct? It's it's going to be either this or uh, like Black Red Reanimator, probably. I, I think both of them are really good. Um, if you're if you're on a budget, I would start with Reanimator until you like get used to the format and then you can switch to Turbo Depths. Yeah. Um... There's Eldrazi Post, which... Which, if it wasn't for the card Grim Monolith, I would be all over that deck. Don't like Grim Monoliths? No, I, I just don't like the price tag associated with them. Uh, I really like Grim Monoliths, I just don't want to pay for them. $500, that's like nothing right now. Is that for a set? That's what it, it says it's about $100 uh, Monolith right now, yeah. That's not the worst. They've gone down since, like, last time I looked at them, because last time I looked at them, they were closer to 150. Um, yeah, it's... I couldn't actually tell you last time I looked at them. I knew they were uh, 100 plus, but I couldn't tell you past have that. Have I told you I really, really like the card Endbringer? <laughs> um, actually, no. I did not know I that. I really like that card a lot. Um, have I told you about... My my love for the card Ulamog the Ceaseless Hunger. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I know that one. <laughs> um, I I am a big fan of that card. There's also Grix, the blue black Death Shadow deck, which they're fun. This deck is really good. I love this deck in Legacy. It's just yeah, I I really like the Death Shadow deck too. No, would I want to play it this week uh, at Cincinnati? I don't know. I don't know about playing it with all the Delver decks running around. I feel like you could just play a Delver deck and be fine. Alright. Um, so I I actually really like it more it I don't know, man. It's it's definitely an interesting one because you also get access to like um for for the the Delver mirror, you get access to Baleful Strix out of the board, and that just beats up their entire deck. So, um, the big reason I like Grixis over, um, Blue-Red is I really like Bitter Blossom against, uh, Shadow and Miracles as just, like, this continuous threat that they have to answer. And Bitter Blossom is really good at preventing Shadow from, uh, from winning. Yeah. Like, it just blocks everything. Now, eventually, 
eventually they're you know going to be able to stack up multiple threats, so you have to kill them by then. But it's it's still really sweet. Yeah. Um. That's all the legacy decks I'm really super duper interested in. Like I like Azorius Stoneblade's cool, but yeah, it, it's Stoneblade deck. Um. So. I like blue white stone blade more than I like the Jeskai builds. Um, I think the the black uh, the red splash out of the board for like um, pyroblast and blood moon just isn't needed. When instead you can just play um, back to basics. I was gonna say back to and basics like, is and great. like extra fluster storms. Um, I honestly I've never I've never been a fan of Stoneforge and. Any format, really. Oh, see, I, I love Stoneforge Mystic. You can play four-color alone. Mm. I mean, you're, you are correct. I could. I like this deck a lot. I like I like being the Dirtle deck that kills them with Punishing Fire and Grove of the Burn Willows. <laughs> um, last time I went to Cincy for a team tournament, Cooper played uh, Checkpile. But he was really, really ahead of the meta and played Grove and Punishing Fire in it. Yeah. So, like, you you want to talk about a pile of greed? Be, you know, I, I guess Sultai splashing Punishing Fire <laughs> and Culligan's Command. Oh, yeah, that, that deck was a pile of greed, and it was amazing. I could throw Manalist Treads your way. I've I've played actually a lot of Manalus. I, I um, love Manalus Dredge. I like it more now than I like I did like a year and a half ago because a lot of the graveyard hate is gone. Goodbye, Deathrite Shaman. Like Deathrite Shaman's gone. No one's really playing like actual hard graveyard hate anymore. Like I'm looking through these top decks and like there's a a Nile Spellbomb and two Surgical Extractions against Manalus Dredge. That's not good enough. Like, no. you need your Leyline of the Void, your Rest in Peace. You need your hard, permanent hate for Manalus. Like, those are great against, like, uh, the regular Dredge deck, which takes a little bit longer to set up. But the fact that Manalus Dredge just goes, pitch this Phantasmagorian, okay, pitch these three cards to get back this Phantasmagorian, and then just go off from there by cycling Street Wraiths and just going nuts. Um, a lot of the big tech in that deck is Whirlpool Rider now, where yeah. you get to just go... I've, I've reanimated my fair share of Whirlpool Riders. And because we lost uh, Gataxian Probe, you just go, here's my Whirlpool... Here's Dread Return for Whirlpool Rider. Just dredge, like, four or five cards. <laughs> yeah, it... Uh, Whirlpool Rider is really, really awesome when you get to do it. And... The fact that you're not playing the Flare of the Hatebound anymore, and instead you get Lotleth Giant as a win condition, seems sweet. Oh, that's that's some tech. Remember how I said Undergrowth was going to be really fun? <laughs> Lotleth Giant is the reason why I thought it was going to be great, because I get to play it in Manalist Stretch, and I just get to 30 you, and it's fantastic. Huh. That is not something I have considered. Yeah, I don't have to go crazy anymore. I don't have to sit here and loop through all my stuff and bid a bunch of creatures on the battlefield and kill you with Flare of the Hatebound. Now I can go flip over most of my library, sacrifice like sacrifice these three creatures, Dread return back this Lotleth Giant, and kill you. 
Or I could do the whole, here's all my zombies, what are you going to do? To be fair, the zombie plan does work. The zombie plan works hard. Like, it does, it does, it's how you will win probably a majority of your games, is just having a bunch of zombies. Um, I've definitely, uh, cast my, uh, I've definitely reanimated my fair share of Flamekin Zealots, though. Yeah. Flamekin Zealots been great, was great. Um, what's Kyle playing for standard? We haven't talked about standard. That's a wonderful at all. question. We've been so tied oh, up. Oh, did did you did did you want an answer? Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um. Yep. <laughs> so I texted him today and asked him what he was playing, and his response to me was, and I'll read this to you. Oh no. Um. Honestly, I want Vivian, three mana wipe, and decent mid range threats. Oh, and anything that says uncounterable. So, some fair green mid-range deck. Probably Sultai. Naya Monsters. I might be able to convince him to play uh, the uh, the Teamer Domery deck that Jeff Oakland has been playing a ton of. Yeah. Have you seen this deck? I haven't got to see it. No. Oh, dude, it is. it looks like a pile, and it is so cool. It looks like a pile because it is, and then you get to kill people with Domri. That sounds um, amazing. Yeah, it's it's really really hot. I'm a I'm a big fan of it. What it's been doing. So you your teamer for your I believe you're in blue specifically for Hydroid Crisis. Yeah, and then you're just like green red monsters, which like is a deck that me and Kyle worked on quite a bit for him for. Uh, indie, and just never, never was really in a, uh, never really had a solid list that we enjoyed. So we kind of stopped working on the deck and started working on, um, Jund. Or I guess, I guess we cut the the Domries because we didn't really like the uh, restriction of like how many creatures you had to play with Domry. So we cut down on all them. Hmm. So instead, we added stuff like Collision Colossus and and uh, other things like that to to get around it. Yeah. So it was it was also a really sweet deck, and um, I I really like Rekindling Phoenix. I think that card's really underplayed right now in the format. Um, I like the addition of. Uh, I I don't really like Carnage Tyrant right now. If you want me to be honest, um, if I was to play standard. I think I would probably be on Esper. Um, just because I think Esper's really good. Yeah. And I was I know I don't know if I talked on the podcast about um my dislike for Esper early in the format. Um, but like you know, early early on in the format I really wasn't a fan of it because like you just don't close the game quickly enough. And instead, uh I I've actually changed my opinion quite a bit on it after I've played with this deck because you get to you get to cast Tefiri and Thought Erasure, man, and I think those two cards are like my two favorite cards right now in standard. Yeah. They they may not like there's an argument that Tefiri is not the best card it is and, and that it's not the best card in standard anymore. But at the same time I definitely think it's one of the pillars of the format that you have to be able to identify of how you're going to be able to beat it. So being able to have a plan against the Tefiri decks is really important. 
Um, just like having a plan for the explore decks, you know, the soul tide decks is really important. Mm-hmm. And um, you had to have a plan for like mono blue and mono white or any variant of white aggro. So having having those be like the four pillars of the format, uh, plus plus nexus, you had to have a plan for like the the uh, reclamation nexus decks because those are also really important to be able to beat. And so you know, Soltai can tune its deck to be able to beat uh, like mono. It, you have a fairly good mono blue matchup and a mono white matchup's fine. The mirror is really interesting. It just basically comes down to base like any other uh, mid range matchup of. You know, who top decks better, who draws better, whose threats line up better against whose removal spells, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then, like, Esper, against against Esper, you're the beatdown. You need to be able to have a quick start of, like, Wild Growth Walker into Jade Light Ranger, attack for three. Like, into, like, post-board having access to Carnage Tyrant, Thief of Sanity, these other plans of how to win the game yep. is really important for them. Um, so, the big the big problem is your Nexus matchup, because you just, you don't really have a solid plan against them. Um, you get access to, like, uh, Thought Erasure and Duress, as well as, like, Disdainful Stroke, but sometimes that's not enough. Yeah. So, having having more of an answer to everything else is really critical, and I don't know, I don't think we've really worked on a plan for the Nexus deck if we were to if he's to lock in Sultai. So there's there's a couple things we need to work on and figure out what he wants to do. Um but yeah I, I plan on having decks locked in next week and then we can actually all start talking about sideboard plans and and each get familiar with each other's decks. Yeah. Because like if you if you were to end up playing Dredge you know what you're doing. I trust your judgment. Yeah. Whereas, if I was to end up playing, you know, Drixis Dover, well, you know, I'm I'm an aggro. Te- I'm I'm a tempo deck, just like every Elver deck is, and so being able to, you all identify of okay, what's what's good in this line and what do I need to do here is going to be important for you know, group assessment. That's kind of why I've been like a legacy sponge here lately. I figured since I'm in the middle, the more I know, the more I can learn about your legacy decks that you're like looking at, the better I, the better, more help I'll be to you. Um, whereas if you go to like standard, I'm not that great into standard, but I, I can recognize when people are setting up lines in standard. Standard is not that hard for me to figure out. It's the legacy. Whereas, lines. see, I can, I, I would love to be in the middle for this tournament because I, I love the standard format, so Granted, I can I can identify what's going on when. He can ask you questions across me. He doesn't have to like talk directly to me. True. And it's just going to be a little bit. It's just a little awkward doing it that way. Um, or you you could get up and walk around to him at, after your match is over, depending on how quick uh-huh. your legacy games go. It's kind of why I was trying to find something fast, so if I finish, I can jump back and forth and help is where I need to. Being in the middle seat makes that a little bit easier. Whereas last time we did a team tournament, I was on humans, and those games take forever sometimes. I I forgot this is not your first team tournament. No. Me, you, and, and Cliff played yeah. basically mono-white. We all played mono-white in every format. We all format. played dudes. 
<laughs> you were you were on humans. I was on death and taxes, and then Cliff played uh, mono white aggro yep. in standard. And it was it was fun. We had a blast. We didn't do the best, didn't do the hottest, but it was still fast. No, but it was it was still sweet. Uh, I had a bit really really bad run that tournament. Um, I played uh, Stoneblade. Lost lost a really close match. Uh, no, we went to time against Stoneblade. Yeah, we went to time. And, and then lost a really close one to, uh, I think Rix's Delver or some Delver deck, I believe. And then I got paired against two Turbo Depths deck. No, I played Turbo Depths and then I played Pox. And I'm just like, well, I'm never beating these decks in a million years. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, it it was a lot of fun. Hopefully, we're gonna shoot to do better this time around. Dude, I just wanted day two. That's that's my goal. We could try it for that. Any anything past that is just pure gravy. We can definitely shoot for a day two. And in the event we don't day two, I'm gonna go play the classic. Are you? I didn't register don't ask for me. any of this extra events on day two. Oh no, I I'm gonna wait because if if we day two, then you're just out that money. Exactly. So it's better to wait, in my opinion. Um, anything else we can talk about? Um, you want to talk about uh, SCG uh, Philly this weekend? We can for a little it's, bit. It's modern. You got anything to say more about modern? Uh, other reiterating what I talked about at the beginning of the podcast of the episode. Uh, play Phoenix if you got it. Play Dredge yep. if you got it. Um, you're more. I I think this is going to be a good Dredge weekend. I really do. Um, I don't know. It's depends on if you show up. If you show up with Phoenix. Uh, pack ravenous trap. Surgical is not good good against dredge. However many times you say it, unless you're playing a full playset in your seventy five, surgical is not that good. Um, I'm not gonna disagree with that. I think having access to it and then something like Snapcaster Mage to like recur it is really sweet. A lot of the I've done that enough times. Playing the are playing the Snapcaster though, and that's true. That's why I'm just like play ravenous trap. You can cast it off. Ravenous Trap's really good. You can cast it off Manamorphos if you have to hard cast it. You can get it for free because Dredge easily flips three cards. Uh, is Ravenous Trap any player or is it just opponent? I believe it's just opponent. Let's find out. Yeah, it's a bit opponent. So all they have to do is do a Faithless Looting and you could easily get them. Like right then and there. Um... Pulling the trigger on a Ravenous Trap is a little bit harder to do than pulling the trigger on, like, a Surgical. You kind of need to know when to pull the trigger. Um, mm -hmm. Usually Ravenous Trap, if you can get, like, a couple Chills or a couple Prized Amalgams, like, any, any like, three to four threats that could pop out of the graveyard and get you, that's usually a good time to pull the trigger on Ravenous Trap. Um... Whereas surgical surgical targets are hard in dredge because sometimes you want to surgical their faithless looting, sometimes you want to surgical their loam, and sometimes none of that matters at all, and they just go flip all these blood ghasts and prized amalgams into the yard after you've surgicaled, get you, and and that's why surgical isn't the greatest against the dredge decks. It's better against phoenix, where you, all you need to do is just really hit the phoenixes out of the yard and then. The rest of their threats are Thing in the Ice and maybe a couple of Crackling Drakes or Terror Man. Um, 
Amulet Titan's probably going to have a great weekend because Amulet Titan loves both of these decks. Um, what else is going to have a good weekend, probably? War Prison can do good if it avoids uh, getting Shatterstormed, which we were talking about. We were talking about that this, just before the yeah, show we, started. Yeah, we talked about that a little bit today as well. Just your your fear of Shatterstorm. Like, and I'm like, nah, man, you'll be fine. War Prison is scary if, if, like, when Phoenix decks start packing, like, two Shatterstorm in the sideboard because they just it just resolves in your board and you have no board. You're not even playing Magic anymore. Um, that being said, those are, like, the big four I'd probably look at, like, Titan, Phoenix, Dredge, and were. Those are the ones I've been yeah, I would, this I would look at some Mox Opal deck. May that be Whirr or Hardened Scales or whatever. Some Titan deck. Uh, preferably Amulet Titan. I just think... I think Amulet Titan's better than... Um, Malakut. Than Titan Shift. And I just... I don't I don't think the card Valakut is very well positioned. Yeah. Big mana decks are kind of just like on the downswing right now. Give it like Tron would like to talk to you. Give it like two weeks and they'll be back up. Or just cast Karn Liberated. Or just cast Karn Liberated. Heck. Or Ulamog. Cast some more Ulamogs. Everyone needs more Ulamogs in their nah, life. Cast more Ugans. Like just get all their stuff with the Ugin. Painter fun. Servant Ugin. Exactly. Uh, oh, tokens. How's the token coming along for... Um, I talked to Dewey a little bit yesterday and have no further update. Oh. Well, we gotta get on that soon. Otherwise, we're not... We do. Otherwise, we're not gonna have them. Kinda, I kinda want them. Um, anything else? I don't think so, man. I think that'll... I think that's gonna do it for us. Yep, that'll be it. So, yeah, thank y'all for listening to uh, episode 11 as always you can contact me or carl or the podcast on on twitter uh, mine is at carter noble 25 carl is uh music musical underscore 33 um yeah past that uh podcast is at attack for zero um emails in the show notes if you have questions comments concerns anything else like that past that that's gonna be it Uh, Thank y'all for listening. Have a good one.